good afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is, wherever you are when you're listening to this or watching. Gabe DeArmond here with Power Mizzou, changing up the uh, schedule a little bit this week here on YouTube because Missouri plays Arkansas on Friday. Thanksgiving is Thursday. We know there might be a lot of you out there who looked at the NFL schedule and said these are terrible games. You've already spent enough time with your family and you need something to do. So maybe on Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon, you're going to hang out with us and uh, preview Mizzou and Arkansas for a little bit. We are going to bring into the conversation Gerard Hamilton, our football beat writer, and Mason Schott, the publisher of hogbeat.com, the Arkansas site on the Rivals Network. Uh, guys, appreciate you getting this done before uh, before the holidays and all that. Um Mason, we're going to start with you, man. Uh, how do Arkansas fans feel going into this one? Because all I've seen on Twitter is Arkansas fans saying, hey, Missouri fans, would, would more of you buy tickets? So maybe the AD gets a message. Is that, uh, is that misguided or are Arkansas fans a little bit, uh, little bit ready to maybe have this season over with? Yeah, uh, I would say they're ready to have the season over with. There was there was a thread on our message board uh, started before the FIU game, or to to have Arkansas fans boycott showing up to the game, like that's how bad it how bad it got at one point. So, um, I, but I was thinking about it earlier because Gabe, you had texted me, asked me to come on this, and I was like, I should probably like actually look into Missouri because I we haven't we haven't really been we didn't do any FIU preview content. And, and so and we're not really going to do a ton of Missouri preview content because it's, it's really been all about is Sam Pittman going to be the head coach for, for the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, th for the rest of this season and for next year. And now we have an answer. So that's awesome. So now I can, you know, I want to, I want to focus on the Missouri game, but really there is no reason because like you said, like Arkansas fans don't really care about this game. Uh, because it, it's really you're just trying to play spoiler and that's all you can play for. You know, maybe – I mean, like, it's always good to end the season on a win. You know, this team could really use that. But I, I really don't think – I'm if you're not on the team or the coaching staff, I don't think a ton of fans are super excited about this one. Mason, um, last week, did it feel like uh, going into that FIU game that it was win or – or win or win big or Sam Pittman's going to be fired? Is that like almost a certainty type of thing or still was up in the air regardless? I think it was up in the air regardless, but there was definitely a feeling of if Sam Pittman in Arkansas, if Arkansas loses this game to FIU, then I think we can all draw the conclusion to that. Like, but, but I, but there was definitely the feeling of if you win the game, nothing really changes because I, I think there was a lot of rumors going around that Sam Pittman was like already going to be gone after the year. Like they were, they were just going to, he was just going to be fired after the season. That's what they were going to do. And so a lot of people were actually kind of caught off guard when Hunter Yurchek came out and was like, Hey, he's our guy. He's going to be our coach in 2024. And so I, I mean, I wasn't super surprised by the move. I didn't really expect a, a, a statement to come after the FIU game. But Sam Pittman did bring up after the FIU game that all the rumors that had been going around, you know, just about his job, you know, we had recruits texting us, asking us if we knew anything because they were worried. Like they, they were, they were like, I'm supposed to be on campus in two months and I don't know if Sam Pittman is going to be the head coach. And so that like when stuff like that is happening, that's when Hunter Yurchek needed to come out and make a statement. And he did. And so I think, 
you know, that makes Sam Pittman feel better. If you're a fan, whether or not it makes you feel better, you know what the future is, at least for the next year. So that's as good as it gets. <laughs> as, uh, as far as this actual game, um, look, I think the big news you guys reported yesterday, others may have too. I, I don't know. I didn't see it elsewhere, but that uh, Rocket Sanders is out for this game. Explain to Missouri fans what's going on with him. Cause I know he was hurt early in the year. And he came back and had 100 yards against Florida. And I was like, oh, hey, Rocket Sanders is back. And then 10 carries for 15 yards in the last two games, including two against FIU. Did, did he get hurt again in that game or, or what's going on? Yeah, so in, in week one, actually before the season, this is an important note. Before the season, Rocket Sanders had – he had put on weight, but the, the big thing about his weight he put on was it was supposed to be like all muscle. And you could – like you could see That's it. That's what they all say, right? Yeah, but, but I mean like the thing with Rocket though was like, at least it looked like that. Like he, he was absolutely jacked. And so, you know, you felt like, and they kept saying that his speed hadn't gone down. If anything, it had gone up, he got faster. And so, but then in week one, he hurt his knee against Western Carolina on the turf at war Memorial stadium. And uh, then it was just like, from then on, it was, he didn't play until the A&M game. I believe it was. Yeah. So then he didn't play until the A&M game. Uh, and then he played a little bit, and then he went and got rehab in Dallas. And then he came back for the Florida game, which just magically ended up being the game that Dan Enos was no longer offensive coordinator for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, but then uh, – so then, yeah, the, the Florida game felt like the only game that he's been at 100% this year. And then uh, against FIU, he he went down um, and he, he, like, was favoring his shoulder. It was early in the game. I think it was in the first quarter. And he, he went off the field and was kind of holding his shoulder and went into the locker room. Turns out he tore his leg room. So he's, he's done for the year, which is one game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see that – I mean, obviously with, with how the running backs have been going with injuries and stuff like that, the running game isn't maybe what people are used to. Um, but I, I noticed that there, there are seven players with multiple receiving touchdowns. So the ball's been spread, uh, spread around a lot. Um, can you talk about Andrew Armstrong? I think he has over 700. 20-something yards. He seems like the the guy. How's this passing game, you know, done this year? And and, and tell us about Andrew Mar uh, Andrew Armstrong. You know, it hasn't been that great. Um, it really hasn't been. Dan, I mean, Dan Eno's just we, – we don't know what he did. I have theories that he uh, was purposely not doing his job well, but obviously I'm sure that's not true. Uh, but some, some stuff that happened was just almost like, what? How, how in the world is this what happened? But either way, the passing game hasn't been great. K.J. Jefferson definitely has taken a step back this year. He's thrown a career high in interceptions. Um, hasn't there, Andrew Armstrong has really been the only guy in the passing game. Um, early in the year, it was Luke Haas, freshman tight end. He broke his clavicle um against AM. He was like freshman all American good. Like he he's gonna be really good, whether it's at Arkansas or wherever he's at, he's he's really good. Um and then Ty Washington, another tight end, stepped up against Ole Miss, had two touchdowns, caught like seven passes. And then I think it was the Florida game that Ty Washington, I, I can't even remember, uh maybe his dislocated shoulder, some upper extremity injury that had him out for the year. So your top two, because they were like they were throwing it to the tight end more than receivers, and so when those guys go down, I mean Armstrong's really been the only guy, and he's an FCS transfer um, from Texas A&M Commerce, really fast, runs over 22 miles an hour, uh, big. He, he's long, he's got long arms. Um, 
he's just he's just been consistent and the only guy who's been consistent for Arkansas really. Nobody else has been. Uh, Isaac Tesla, he's a he's a guy who's supposed to be good. He 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 looked good in fall camp. Um, a lot of guys did. Isaiah Satania, who is like an all-world track guy. Um, I mean, in fall camp, Isaiah Satania, nobody could guard him. Nobody could guard him in the fall. They couldn't guard him in the spring. And then they just haven't thrown the ball to him until the past two weeks, really. So I, I don't get it. <laughs> Go ahead. Dude, let, me, let me ask uh, one more. Uh, it, something I noticed, I was doing kind of like, you know, a roster preview things. Uh, I think it was early in the spring. And I noticed that Arkansas has – Another group of wide receivers that are like six three and taller. Some they had last year, a lot of tall guys. Another Sam Pittman, like go to thing to have the tall, linky receivers. I don't really know. Um, I I mean, the the weird thing is these receivers were recruited by Kendall Bryles, so I, I don't know how much of a factor that played in the the offense not really working. With, that all the players were were recruited for Kendall Bryles, so maybe it was a Kendall Bryles thing. Uh, but I mean, Tyrone Broden, a guy that I didn't even mention, he's six foot seven, which I believe is tied for the tallest receiver in college football. And I think he has three, yeah, three touchdown catches. They don't, they don't really target him very much. He hasn't done a whole lot, but, um, they have tall wide receivers, but they don't really do very much. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I've, I've covered seasons like the one you're covering, man. All you can do is, uh, is be a smart ass sometimes. So. <laughs> but it, what, what's been the situation with KJ? I mean, is it as simple as Danny Enos' offense, it, it didn't work, or, you know, is there something about him? Because from the outside, you look, and physically, he's still, like, he scares the hell out of every defensive coordinator. But like you said, it, it hasn't been what it's been the last few years. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with it is they were making the offense way too complicated. Whether Whether it was way too complicated for KJ to run it, or for the offensive line to run the right schemes uh, or, or whatever it was, it, it, it was way too complicated. That was the first thing that we heard from Sam Pittman when they decided to move on from Dan Enos was that we're going to simplify this. We're going to take out a lot of the offense. I think they took out over 35% of the offense when they gave Dan Enos the boot. So that's what they did. They, they were – they were like, hey, KJ, you're, we're, we're trying to get you to make way too many reads. We're just going to go back to the Kendall Bryles RPO, make one read, get you get you moving out of the pocket. And you saw in the Florida game it worked really well, but then it didn't work at all against Auburn. And then FIU is FIU. So, you know, don't I don't really know how to feel about what they're going to do against Missouri, but – I, it, it just for KJ, it wasn't – it was too much for him, and that's why you saw him, you know, throwing more interceptions than usual. He wasn't making very very good reads. They weren't really running the ball with him as much either. And obviously we've seen in the past that the offense has been successful because of the threat of KJ running the ball. And when you're not presenting that threat, then it makes you much more one-dimensional. And the offense was so predictable. It was, it was the most predictable offense of all time. They were doing – I mean – I don't I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about fourth and one shotgun, but like they they were running that over and over and over again and it wasn't working and they were still doing it. And and then and then you have Sam Pittman coming out and saying that the reason that the offense worked at, in the Florida game with Kenny Guyton calling the plays was because he called plays that they called in practice, unlike Dan Enos. I saw that. So it's like that's and then I mean it's just it, it's been it's been 
It's been a season. For, for the record, Gerard and I are both Chiefs fans. We're we're uh, fans of jet sweeps and trick plays on fourth and one. Ooh, that's nah. what we see every Sunday. So. Oh, oh. Nah, he Mason, Mason triggered me when he said it. I already knew. Like, oh, God, I don't want to talk about this. Um, I, I typically write, a, you know, three things to that may determine the game type of thing for each game. What are, you know, two or three things you're looking at for Arkansas that they they have to do well, they have to win, whether it's third down, turnovers or whatever, to, to win this game? Yeah, the secondary is definitely going to have to step up. They they've been they've been hurt in the secondary. Freshman corner Jalen Braxton didn't play last week. Uh, I mean, I Sam said he practiced, so hope that he can play because he's been a starter. Like he's a legit starter, four star freshman. He's really good. Uh, Dwight McLaughlin, former transfer from LSU. I I don't know I don't know what the situation is, but. He, they just don't start him. He's the highest graded corner uh, by Pro Football Focus in the country, and he and he's a second teamer for Arkansas for four and seven Arkansas. So, explain that one to me. I don't, I don't really get it. But he, I mean, he's good. Uh, but they, 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 they brought in a five star in Jaheim Singletary from Georgia. He's been disappointing. Uh, they brought in a transfer from TCU, Keon Stewart. He's been dis- disappointing. Uh, it's just like. They have good pieces in the secondary, but they, they need to be healthy one, and they need to put the right pieces in the right places. Like Lorando Johnson, Al Walcott, two transfers from Baylor, they've been good, uh, but you just need it to work out well. In Missouri's offense, I, I just don't know how much you can slow that offense down. Offensively, the offensive line has been atrocious all year long. And so, you know, I, I, I want to say I remember in the, the Arkansas-Missouri game last year, the that Arkansas's offensive line got pushed around a little bit. I, I know for a fact that after the game, Sam talked about getting out physical by Missouri, and then so much so that they fired the strength and conditioning coach the next day. So I'm kind of hoping that doesn't happen this time around. Uh, but I mean, obviously, the offensive line is going to have to get a push. That That's a big factor in why the running game hasn't really been anything at all this year is because the offensive line just hasn't been able to block. You have a quarterback like KJ Jefferson, and I think he's taken over 40 sacks this year. So that's that's going to be a key. They might get uh, Patrick Kudis starting right tackle back. He's basically a freshman. He's a sophomore, but he didn't really play last year. Uh, he's had a tough year. But Sam Pittman compared him to uh, Andrew Thomas, uh, f- former first-round pick from Georgia. He, he compared him to Andrew Thomas in the spring multiple times. So, like, Patrick Kudis is good, uh, but the offensive line as a whole has not been good. And Patrick Kudis at times has not been good. Everybody at times has not been good. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my, my favorite thing about this game every year is just the lead up. And I've heard a little bit less of it this year because, like you said, Arkansas fans have been a little uh, preoccupied with, with the other – with the coaching situation. But it's the lead up where, um, you know, most Arkansas fans spend uh, however many number of days uh, – telling everyone that this is not a rivalry and they don't care about it. And Eli Drinkwitz leaned into it Monday and he said, I, uh, I like that a lot of people don't think this is a rivalry because we think it's a rivalry. And, and, and that's one of Drink's strengths is just kind of finding something and tweaking it with the other team. Uh, I, I doubt there's a ton of excitement for this game this year. Um, Missouri's won, I, I think it's six of seven. Like what, what is the view going forward? We know the schedule's changing. Does Arkansas want this? I mean, it's going to be one of the three permanent games, I think, for both teams. But is Arkansas happy with that? They're mad about it. What, what's the situation? I think in football, 
you can be okay with it. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it in football. I, I don't know if you guys saw my reaction to when they came out with the, the baseball thing uh, in 2025 when they're going with the two. Oh, yeah. Players. Yeah. See, baseball is – we're a little different up here. Baseball yeah. is not a thing we follow daily. Okay. I noticed I noticed that not many Missouri fans were in my mentions very upset about me yeah. saying that. So, um, yeah. But as far as, as far as football goes, I mean, yeah, I, I, it, it, it is a rivalry. And I, I kind of hope that this – I don't know. Is this is this stripe out thing that Missouri fans are trying to do it at the stadium? Is that real? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I, I don't know. It's reached our message board. Is somebody started it on Twitter? I don't know if it's a real thing. I do think there will be a decent number of Missouri fans down there because obviously, I mean, they're playing for a lot. This is this is a huge game for Missouri. This is the difference between the Citrus Bowl and a New Year's Six Bowl, which it's kind of an arbitrary line, but it is it, it is a thing. I. I think a decent number of people will make the trip. I don't know that that's the thing that yeah. actually is going to be real, though. Well, the tickets were going for literally $1 on SeatGeek for Arkansas FIU last weekend. So, like, if Missouri <laughs> fans, if you want to, like, you'll probably pay more in gas than you will for the tickets. So, um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I texted my staff today, and I said, does everybody in this group think that Arkansas and Missouri are rivals? Because I, was, I I thought about maybe doing the story like our our Arkansas and Missouri rivals and you know like a staff roundtable and that all of them said yes, so I think that I think that at least at least the media in Arkansas has come around to it for sure because at, at one point I didn't think it was a rivalry and now I definitely it is, um, but I, I hope I, I honestly hope that Mizzou fans show up because that will then like when stuff like that happens that then signifies okay this is a rivalry. You know what I mean? Right. I, and and, and I'm, like, I think rivalry, I'm, I'm not sure it's a, it's a traditional matchup. We might get there. I, I love it in basketball. I don't like, I, I, I think it's, I, because that's the sport that when I was growing up, Missouri was terrible in football. Arkansas wasn't that good either. I don't think, but I never really paid attention because they were in the Southwest Conference. But Missouri, Arkansas had played a lot in basketball. And I mean, you know, Frank Haith and Mike Anderson almost went at each other one time and, and Musselman is is a guy that other fan bases, I think, uh, you know, kind of like Drinkwitz. If he's your coach, you love him. If he's not your coach, maybe he's not your favorite guy. So I, I, I think there's something there. Um, I personally, I, like I'm, I, I don't, it doesn't much matter to me if Arkansas is one of the three going forward, but it's going to be. So I think people might as well embrace it. Yeah. And there's, and there's a trophy on the line. So, like, so I've heard yeah. it is a big ass trophy too. <laughs> It is, and it's presented by Shelter Insurance. I don't know if you've heard that or not. <laughs> <Yeah. yet. No. laughs> but, I mean, it, it whether or not you want to admit it's a rivalry, it's going to continue to be a rivalry, or at least labeled as a rivalry. So let's just call it what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But Gerard, did, you good? You got anything else? Uh, not. Now, he answered a, a lot of the questions I had yeah. earlier as far as just what, what – What's going on with the program and, and what, you know, Arkansas needs to do for this game? Because I was talking to you on the way to the presser yesterday as far as like, I mean, when I look at the stats and stuff like that, and they don't tell everything. But when I look at the stats and you hear about a coach possibly being in or out, you wonder, like, how can Arkansas find a way to, to win this game? And as Missouri learned last week, there are no gimmies on the schedule just because, you know, whatever the record is you can lose any game in the SEC. <clears throat> yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think Missouri learned a little bit of a lesson with Florida last week. Uh, I expect Missouri to show up and play fairly well, but 
Um, you know, I, hey, weird things happen at the end of the season. And, and it, it, Mason, this is my view of this game. If Missouri can jump out like 14 nothing, I think Arkansas might be ready for the offseason. But if Arkansas can can jump out or, or can, you know, this is a game at halftime, I, KJ Jefferson's good enough to win this game. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The a few things. I have a few things to say. One, the way that Sam Pittman described Hunter Yurchak telling the team that Pittman was going to continue being coach, and he said that the players went off super excited. Maybe they come out and they're super inspired, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna win this one for Pitt." You know, like especially the seniors. They they're gonna have 19 seniors walking. They have 26 total seniors. That's a lot. And so maybe those guys want to send him out with a win. I mean, in in Gerard, you were talking about looking at the stats, looking at the numbers. If you if you go back and look at the six game losing streak Arkansas had at LSU, you lost you lost by three. You were, I think you were leading in the fourth quarter at Ole Miss, leading in the fourth quarter at Alabama. You were in that game in the fourth quarter, like all you won at Florida, but they've been bad at home. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I don't really get what's going on. So. I don't know, like 2007, Arkansas goes on the road, beats number one LSU with a – I think that was like a 6-6 six and six Arkansas team. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely doable, and that was, that was on Black Friday. So it's happened before that Arkansas – a bad Arkansas team has beat a, a ranked opponent. Missouri fans remember that game well because it allowed Missouri to, to then uh, be number one in the country after they beat Kansas the, the following day. So that – that was all Missouri fans' favorite Arkansas game, I believe, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Nathan, appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking some time. I uh, hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving, and uh, and we'll see what happens on Friday afternoon. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Man. Have a good one. That is Mason Show from Hogbeat.com, the publisher down there. They cover Arkansas. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've covered seasons like that, man. Uh, but you never know how a team's going to come out the last day of the year. That maybe they're done, maybe they're ready to mail it in. But I tend to think these guys have pride, and 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 I think they. I, I don't expect them to come out late. All right, and uh, kind of like what Mason was just saying, as far as the close games, I think they're one in five uh, in one score games. And Missouri fans obviously know all about being you know close in those one score games and not really pointing out. Doesn't mean you can't though. Um, at home, Black Friday, primetime slot, or whatever you want to call it, afternoon slot or whatever. Um, yeah, and then kind of what he said, one I wasn't thinking about, but not only the senior day, but uh, Pitt just kind of got that, you know, that affirmation and maybe that for the people, you know, the kids on the team, like, you know, that's my guy. That's whatever it may be. I, I want to get a W for him. So I don't think it will be something they can afford to look over. And I think it was important drink addressed that yesterday as far as SEC talent and Arkansas has NFL dudes, even if they're not playing well, that doesn't mean they, they can't win. And they'll trade it as their bowl game. You know, it'll be, Hey, you're not playing another one. This is your one go sport and, and being able to spoil somebody. I mean, if this is going to be a rivalry, Arkansas knocking Missouri out of the new year six would be a chapter and no question. And, and I think the biggest concern, I know he hasn't had a great year, but like, if there's anybody that's not going to take Missouri lightly, it's K- or KJ Jefferson lightly, it's Missouri because they've seen him and uh, one of Missouri's kind of Achilles' heels this year. And I'm not sure it's specific to Missouri; it's a lot of people's Achilles' heels. But mobile quarterbacks have have caused some issues. 
Not only of mobile, I mean, we've seen immobile quarterbacks at times. Right, like Graham Hurts is not a mobile quarterback, and he ran. Yeah, we've seen some immobile quarterbacks. I remember uh, Carson Beck had a big scramble early in that game. Yeah, I, I remember actually going all the way back to the Memphis game, uh, Bathiato, I believe. Even he, you know, a couple times was able to get out the pocket and stuff like that. And that's a, you know, G5 QB. So, uh, and no disrespect to Matiato, but you know they've been able to let some guys who are not you know known as scramblers get out the pocket. Especially, um, I was thinking in this Florida game how they were able to converge on that pocket a few times. But the problem is the the line splits like the Red Sea, and now you know five or six yards or first down or something like that. So you add a guy with some speed who is basically the same size as Johnny Walker running at you. I don't. That's not really a good thing, especially with the beat up linebackers and and kind of their inconsistent play as of late. That's not something uh, Missouri wants to deal with. Yeah, so so just real quick to reset it for you guys. I mean, if Missouri wins, they're in the New Year's Six, barring complete chaos on conference championship game weekend. I, I mean, like two or three upsets. If they lose, I think Missouri will go to the Citrus Bowl, largely because that will move Ole Miss into the New Year's Six and because LSU went to the Citrus Bowl last year. So I don't see the Citrus Bowl taking LSU a second season in a row. Um, so I think that probably opens up that spot in Orlando on New Year's Day for Missouri. We're getting this all, getting this out to y'all on, uh, getting it out to you on Wednesday. Beat the uh, the holiday and all that. Normally we record this show on Thursday, but I don't think my family would particularly be a fan of me recording a podcast on Thanksgiving afternoon. I don't think Gerard or I wants to. Uh, Thursday afternoon at this point, we will probably be asleep in the third quarter of Cowboys Commanders, I assume, after uh, – what, what's Thanksgiving dinner, man? Are you the, the traditional guy or you got some weird thing that you always have every year? Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty traditional. I'm pretty I'm, – I'm going to make sure I have some some turkey, some greens, cranberry sauce, um, stuffing or dressing or whatever. I mean, me and my girlfriend was talking about this the other day, how they're different. I – interchangeable to me i don't know the difference i'm gonna call it whatever whatever's in my mind I, I learned this one time my wife taught me this one time the stuffing is what was cooked inside the turkey the dressing is what's cooked separate like in a dish okay then i feel like i have stuffing but it's, it's the same thing it just matters where it was cooked. all i know is you say you'll be asleep mm. Yeah, well, that's the is that the second or third game, the Cowboys game? That's the second game. They're all terrible games. It's an awful. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not great. I'll probably watch that because I won't be up too long. I'll I'll go to sleep early, so I'll probably go to sleep sleep some point there in the there in the last game, so I can get ready to go to Arkansas uh, Friday yeah. morning. Yeah, there you go. Gerard will be on hand in Fayetteville for you guys. Uh, Connor McLean's going to go down there and and. Uh, do video interviews for us and have have sights and sounds for you, and uh, we'll see what happens, man. A uh, lot lot to be determined about this Missouri season, um, where they where they go from here for game number thirteen. Appreciate everybody. Uh, if you watch on the YouTube channel, like, share, subscribe, do that. If you listen on the podcast, just leave us a nice review. Uh, plenty of stuff coming. Uh, holiday week for you guys, busiest week of the year for us. So we're gonna get out and get to it.